0: Dave's psych lectures, part of the Thunderbird Six Podcasting Network. How are you?
1: This is me. Have I not the face that you want me to be? Every day. There we go. Now we're talking baby.
0: my many audio devices. You know, I got a couple at home. I could bring in some if you needed some more. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got more mics. I got a USB preamp, two more mics. Then we can back them. Like, oh, yeah. You surround. It. You know, in, um, at Sioux College, one of the things they have is they have rooms that are equipped that they can just, you push a button and it does an audio recording of a lecture. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I don't think they use it, but they have it. That's the nice thing. So they got that going for them anyway. That
1: is cool.
0: This isn't working. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. I'm bringing it up. Today we're going to talk about repeated measures designs. Um, okay. Let's say you're interested in learning or forgetting, which I guess is the opposite of learning. Um, you can't really use independent groups here. Can you? Well, you just could. But I mean, if I was, if it's changed over time, if I want to look at forgetting, I want to look at forgetting within Carly, within Jesse, within Patty. I don't want to look at, I don't want to compare you three and group uh, so three, three also in four. So they, wow, that's weird. Oh, there you oh, go. Group three four. So there's group three here, between you guys and you guys. Like if I had tested you guys in five minutes and you guys in an hour, I get some measure of forgetting. But I want to see what happens within each person. Makes sense, right? Or even learning. So that's just change over time. So independent groups won't do. You can test the same people over and over again, and that is what you would do. And, of course, you've all taken 20 by 27, and you know about repeated measures designed. So we're going to look at any change over time in this case. So it's learning or forgetting. That's the classic places where you use these things. You want to see the effect of time. So what you get is something that looks like this. This is three different retention intervals, the same group, group one, group one, group one. Test it at 5 minutes, 1 hour, and 24 hours. That's, those are common retention intervals used in memory experiments. Okay. So, obviously, this is not a very complicated design. In fact, it's it's just it's very similar to a standard one-way ANOVA. Now, you might have detected a problem, though. If you've been paying attention in the class, and I think some of you have. I think? I don't know. I always talk about how the key thing we can't have is observations that are dependent on each other. I can't... If I know Carly's score, I, it doesn't help me know Dave's score. I, I can't do that. If that's the case, then I can't do the analysis of variance, right? I'm always talking about independent events. The problem is, these are exactly the opposite. These are totally dependent events. If I know Carly's score... at Five minutes, I'm gonna know I'm gonna have a pretty good idea of what it is at one hour, because it's still Carly. Hmm. Well, let's put that in the model then. We can I always said it's not in the model, so we can't have that. Well, let's have that in the model. Let's put the fact that we have the same people over and over again in the model. So that's all we're gonna do. If we can do that, then Sorry, some things are just funny to Maddie back. Um And it's not about anybody you guys. Well, mostly mostly it's about Jesse. No, it's not. It's about her <laughs> brother. Uh, but if you do something like that, um, her brother always says, if I do that, that's why I'm... Made laugh. If we do this, this will allow us now to account for that variance. So that's what we're going to do. So our new model now looks like this. X equals mu plus tau plus pi plus epsilon. A score equals the grand mean plus the treatment effect. You've seen treatment effect before. Plus error. Okay, so far this all looks the same. We've got a note here. effect of subjects, or pi for people.
1: Why is it pi?
0: I always figured it was pi for people. <laughs> That's how I remembered it. It's like tau is for treatment. So I figure it's and epsilon is for errors, so I figured pie, pie is for people. No one's <laughs> really told me. Soiled pie is people. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's pie.
0: And people enjoy pie. Yes. So yeah. it's another reason.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know. And there's no Greek letter, cake. I like cake better than pie, but I like a savory pie, though like savory cakes. That would be weird. You know, chicken pot pie. Love that. You wouldn't say, what's for dinner? Chicken pot cake. (laughs) Nobody likes that. With the delicious liver icing. No one says that. (laughs) Why is that? Because people aren't completely ridiculous. That's why. Um, So, that's just the effect of subjects. You're putting that in. So, that's the effect. And we have different levels of subjects. So, we have the five-minute and one hour and twenty-four hours, and you are level Maddie of Pi, and you are level Jesse of Pi, and you are level Carly of Pi. Carly of Pi—it sounds like some sort of really bad thing in a like a bad sci-fi fantasy series. And it was Carly of Pi who then proclaimed. <laughs> I think stuff like this all the time. And about and like three hours, six hours a week, I get to say whatever the hell I want. Stuff like this goes through my head constantly. Paid for it. I'm horrible to live with. Um, you that's right. You guys and I get paid for it, you guys pay me. So it all works out really for me. Um, so our design looks like this. Subject one, two, three, four, we have four people. Sorry, so we see we have two levels of Jesse. I don't know, that's a little weird. So um <clears> the <throat> Jesse. Josh, give it a Josh, we bring a Josh, not a Jesse. Yeah. No more Carlys. no more Maddie's. Okay, good. we We have decreased Error. What do I mean by that? Well, think about the model. The old model looks like this. Just for a straightforward analysis of variance, right? It looks like that. X equals u plus tau plus epsilon. Boy, it looks simple, eh? Compared to the way ones we, we, we've had recently. So there's that. Now look. Now we've got this. u plus tau plus pi plus epsilon. Now look. This is the same. This is the same. Oh, well, that means we split error up into pi and error. Right? That's we come from somewhere, so we've split error up even further. So we've made the error part smaller. We've made error smaller. That's good. We want small error. Because remember, we're always dividing whatever the effect is. By error, right? That's what the F does. If this thing stays the same size, the effect thing, but the error thing will get smaller, what happens to that fraction? What happens to the fraction if the thing on the bottom gets smaller and the thing on the top stays the same size? Come on. <laughs> Please. Somebody say something. But then
1: it will get smaller.
0: No. It's bigger. Bigger. bigger.
1: Oh, sorry,
0: what? The number gets bigger. The, the yeah. error gets smaller. effect stays the same size. Never we thinking the bottom gets smaller. You were thinking the, the, the top? Whoa. Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm so sorry, it's error is getting smaller. I thought you said it got bigger.
0: No. This is getting smaller. See, you all knew it, but no one said anything. Yeah, at least you have to say it. i give you credit for that. <laughs> credit for that. I just wanted you to test the waters first. Well, there's only two things that could have. all well, three. I guess you could stay the same size. That seems very unlikely. <laughs> Anyway, at least Maddie has the to be wrong. Because she misheard me or something. Uh, That's what she's done. She said, you're not dumb. Stop I it. I said one or the other. Nobody's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> not in this class. I got others.
1: <laughs>
0: Actually, this is, this is a good term. It's, uh, this is a good term. You have, bad, you have years where there's just good bad classes it just happens I'm just gonna have I'm saying this is a good year can I teach a third year biology slash psychology class teach this class I teach a fourth year seminar class it's it's a pretty good year for that like I got a good group it's when you get that brain and behavior group and someone gets two out of 50 on a test and their definition of neural Darwinism I told you guys some of you guys this definition of neural Darwinism was you like Darwin <laughs> and it's about neurons. <laughs> Both of those things are true. Zero, you know.
1: um, and
0: that was, their yeah. well, that was the only answer on the whole test. Yeah, got two. No, that was the only answer because they got something else because they did get two out of fifty. I can't remember what the other one was. Must have got something. Must have labeled something right. Like I think seriously on their diagram. And a brain, they wrote, head. <laughs> you know, look, everybody has trouble with something, okay? But that's a lot of trouble. You know, you might consider another career, you're not going to be the Canadian Idol. It's just, yeah. Anybody that says there are no, you know, it's like up there with, there are no stupid questions. Sure there are. Your goal is to not make people feel stupid when they answer and ask stupid questions. Right? Sometimes you'll see people turn around, and you know what we're doing when we turn around? Not always, but there are times when you turn around and go, okay, how do I deal with this one? Well, the what you do feed the spider. um,
1: Okay,
0: so we've decreased error, which is good, but we've paid for it with a loss of degrees of freedom. And I'll go into what that means in a second, but what that's made happen is that means the critical F, the thing you have to exceed, is going to be bigger. So this... You need a bigger F to find significance, but you're going to find a bigger F. So is it going to be worth it? That's the question. It almost always is, by the way. Okay. So let me continue. So this is what I'm talking about. In this case, we have... Look at this. No, no, this is exactly what happened. Two degrees of freedom for retention. We had three retention intervals, right? Remember, we had three retention intervals. We had... A total was four subjects, so we have a total of 11 degrees of freedom, so we end up with nine, right? Here, the effect of subjects, well, again, we're saying we're using four people, we're going to test them three times, so we have three degrees of freedom for subjects. Excuse me. There's still 11 total degrees of freedom, so it has got to be six here, two, three, five, six, eleven. Right? So that's what I mean by we've paid for it, because instead of having a critical F with uh, two and nine degrees of freedom. With two and nine degrees of freedom, now it's a critical F with two and six degrees of freedom. What they a book on. Yeah. Just look it up. Uh just, just just tell me what's what's the critical F for two and for two and nine. Or anybody, but I
1: mean,
0: here's your book. I think yeah, yeah, that's a type right? So two and nine is what? So it'd be two across and nine down. Or nine. Two, two down and nine across, rather. What is it? Let's see. So two. Two degrees of freedom. That's one this is two. Two and nine. That's is 1. let's say eight because it's the closest yeah, thing it has here. And that's yeah, and good. So we're gonna go with something little yeah. Which is Same, there, yeah.
1: good. So we'll do two nine.
0: This is a funny table. Oh, I see how it works. Okay. So looks like it's two point six. I don't know how to read this freaking table. One. Well that's the power. That's, the, that's why it's the wrong it's the wrong table. Okay,
1: good.
0: That's there's the yucky I was gonna say this is weird. Okay. Now we're talking, baby. Two. And nine degrees of freedom, four point two That's oh, so much easier. Yeah, yeah. This is more Four point two six. Okay. Now for two and six, it's five point one four. So we actually need a bigger F to find the significance We need a bigger F to find significance.
1: What's the retention interval
0: Oh, Oh, five minutes, one hour, twenty-four oh. hours. Just the independent variable. So we had went from 4.26 to 5. Whatever the hell I just said. So we need a bigger number. to have to, 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 to exceed a bigger number. It's going to be a little harder. But we've made this value smaller by splitting up this into these two. Okay? So we've paid a price in degrees of freedom. There's no free lunch in statistics. I don't think that's an expression, but it sounded good. Questions? Does that make some sense? You have to see a bigger number. Yeah, man.
1: You talk about the error being smaller. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's a within-subjects design. Yes. So can you kind of think of it in a sense of if there's less error because you're using the same person? Exactly correct. To... We're accounting
0: for more errors. We're accounting for stuff that we couldn't account for before because we know that it's you being tested three times. Or, yeah, three times. You being tested, you tested three times, you test three times.
1: So yeah, that's something you keep constant kind
0: of It's exactly what it is. It's a variable we're keeping constant. And it's different levels of variable. Yep. Perf- well, perfectly understood. Perfect. See, any design has a finite amount of variation and a finite number of degrees of freedom. Okay. So we have a per- we have partitioned the degrees of freedom and the variation. Uh, just a little further. We were able to do this because we're using the same people. i do not using that. That's right. I forget forgetting you can't use two Jessies. It screws up everything. So there. Oh, It doesn't really screw up everything. Believe me? It kind of does. Yeah, well, it does for the example. Mean squared for retention interval, I'm just calling it that. You can call it mean squared treatment if you want. I'm just doing it that way uh, because uh, you know, just to label it, will be the same for both analyses. For both a standard one-way analysis of variance and for the repeated measures design, the mean square will be the same. But The question you ask is, is the reduction of mean squared error, that's that error part of the fraction for the F, is the reduction of mean squared error worth the loss of degrees of freedom for error? That's the question you have to ask yourself when you do this design. And the answer is, yes. It almost always is. There are very rare occasions when it is not. Okay? But it almost always is. Okay, questions so far? By the way, your next assignment has a repeated measures analysis of variance on it, which is due uh, on the 13th of March. Okay, I suggest you go down, play around a little bit in the computer lab. I'll probably have Sophie do another walkthrough of how to do different analysis of variance. But um, take a look at how to do a repeated measures, a simple, it can do a simple repeated measures design. That's one way to set up your data set. okay? I'll tell you there's another way, and this is the way I like to do it. I would set it up such that I would have variables called, in this case, retention interval, subjects, and dependent variable. And I would give each person, so like, this is 5-minute retention interval. And then we have subject. Well, you could use, well, say it's Maddie, so we'll have M. And the petty variable would have been 73. Of the That's how I do it. Because I like to think of this as just another variable. I think of subjects as just another variable. And I think you should too. That said, there is another way to set it up that involves uh, having columns for five minutes, one hour, and 24 hours for each person. Uh, I wouldn't... I don't like that as much personally. Just, that's just me. Because then when you do this, you just choose the um, multi way analysis of variance and you have two variables retention interval and subjects. Take a look, mess around with the computer lab a bit. Not so hard. All right. So think about this. Is it realistic to think, in fact, that x equals mu plus tau plus pi plus epsilon? In other words, is it reasonable to say? that pi doesn't interact with tau because if I say pi doesn't interact with tau what I'm saying is the decay curve for Carly is the same as it is for Jesse it's the same as it is for Maddie it's the same as it is for John is that sensible? no some people remember things the slope of their decay curve is different than other people there's an interaction isn't there Right. So, let's say that uh, let's say that Josh has a killer memory. No, that's true. We're going to say it's true. true, and he has very little decay over twenty-four hours. And let's say Maddie forgets where she put her pencil, and she was just using it. <laughs> is this ironic? <how laughs> <laughs> no. Right. And let's say Jesse is just pretty normal, just like nice, like that like a standard uh, decelerating curve. And let's say Carly is perhaps the strangest of the bunch because she has constant decay. Remember? It's constant. It's not exponential. It's constant. It's very strange. She's hooked up all wrong. <laughs> so, what I've just described, okay, nobody, those extremes don't happen. But, everybody is a little bit different. You're all really different like wonderful snowflakes. <laughs> So, if that's the case, we should put, take that into account. We should say, look, people interact with the treatment. So we have to have that term in the model, too. So it's, this, is an unreal, this is an unrealistic model. You see? It's possible, but it's unrealistic. It's more realistic to say there actually is interaction. So let's assume there actually is interaction between tau and pi. You ever had that tau pie? It's delicious. <laughs> it's that whole scene of Breaking Bad where they're talking about the pie eating contest in Star Trek. Mm, yeah. You ever seen that?
1: Yeah. yeah. Then Scotty
0: beams <laughs> out Chekhov's
1: guts. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's yeah. So our model's going to change. It's going to be this x equals u plus tau plus pi plus tau pi. No epsilon? No epsilon! Ha <laughs> ha! Uh-huh. Yes, it's that! And you're saying to yourself, you're saying to yourself, Jesse, what? No epsilon? Yeah, no epsilon. We are epsilon We've been de-epsilonified. We've had an epsilonectomy. Hmm. We've exhausted the degrees of freedom. They're all gone. We treat S, remember we're treating S, subjects, or pi, as just another variable. So look, if we look at it this way, in fact what we have is we have retention interval, which has two degrees of freedom. We have subjects, which has three, because we have four people. And we have a retention interval by subject interaction. We have four levels of retention, or sorry, of no, subject, that's 4 by 3. And we have three levels of retention interval, 3 minus 1, 2, four, 2 times 3 is 6. Oh, look, it's got six degrees of freedom. Before we just called that error, now we're going to call it an interaction term. Retention interval by subject. So the math actually doesn't change. But the, at its base, the assumptions change because now we're saying we have an interaction of people and retention of them. Right? Kind of neat, eh? I think it's neat. Maybe you don't. Why are the degrees of freedom exhausted? Well, there's only 12. That's a good question. There are 12 observations in the study. We're testing you guys three times. There's four of you. Four times three is twelve. How many degrees of freedom are there in total for that design?
1: 11? There's eleven.
0: Two and three is five, and six is eleven. We, there's nowhere else.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We don't have any more left to do an error calculation.
1: Oh, so error can't.
0: Be- oh, it can't okay. be there because we can't calculate it because okay. there's no degrees of freedom to go with it. Okay. They, yes.
1: You lose the error, but how come you lose the like the individual pi by itself as well? And you're just
0: left with. You didn't. Subject. It's right there. Oh yeah, you're wrong. It should that 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 model at the top of the page should have a pi in it too. I'm sorry. Oh, a okay. There we go. It's a mistake. Okay. Thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> okay. Thank you for pointing that out. I'm sure the people in Denmark who are listening well. in uh, appreciate that as well. See, should be x, x equals b plus tau plus pi plus tau pi. Thank you. Seriously. That looked a little funny, but I couldn't figure out how. Huh. All right. Let's try one of these ones. (laughs) (laughs) It's like an all-you-can-eat buffet, as I said during Neural of different fisherman's friend varieties. These ones taste curiously like Pernod, Though I drink a great deal of Pernod, so it could just be that. It's nature's perfect liquor. Tastes like licorice. It's all cloudy. It's green, so you feel kind of Star Trekky when you're drinking it.
1: It's a little fresca. It is. Or grapefruit
0: juice. It's real grapefruit juice is great, but I don't have that. It's still winter. I demand fair trade grapefruits. I don't know. I like the flavor of oppression in my grapefruit. <laughs> the bitter, bitter flavor of oppression. Fair trade, great food is sweet. (laughs) Eh, That's not true. Um, How does this whole thing work? I mean, our error term is actually a treatment by subject because you may think we have to divide by error, but error is gone. What do we divide by? For whatever will we do? Well, error is that our error term is going to be a treatment by subject interaction. Subjects are a random factor. Remember that whole fixed factor, random factor crap I was teaching you? And you you thought to yourself, nobody ever does that. They've even said no one uses a random effects model. Yeah, I know. But subjects are a random factor. Ah. So now we're going to divide mean squared treatment by mean squared treatment by subjects. We don't test the subject factor because the mean square for subjects. So test, like, are you just going to leave it there and not test it? Maybe it will get lonely. It will be jealous of the treatment effect that can be tested. Well, we can't test it because there is no way, there is no error term for mean squared subjects. There's nothing we can divide by to isolate the effect of pi. There is no way we can do it. There is. Remember the expected values and mean squares and all that? I'm not going to get all into that. But I can tell you, well, I can if you want me to, This is the expected value of treatment. This is the expected value of the interaction. And this is the expected value for subjects. The mean square of those. I don't see anywhere where we could just divide by something and get pi. There isn't. There's no error term. So there's just no error term. There's nothing we can divide by to find out what the effect of pi is. We have to always that division. There's nothing to divide by. Hmm. There's no error term with the correct expected value for its mean square. We just can't do it. It's mathematically impossible, actually. And who cares? What would be your big thing you would say if you found... Let's pretend that we wasn't expect- there wasn't a, a mean score with the requisite expected value for its mean score. That Josh and Maddie and Jesse and Carly are different people. That would be your conclusion. Really. Boy, you're, oh, it's right. Oh, you take that straight to nature. Or science. Science and nature. Perhaps also craft a press release. It wouldn't be interesting to find that out anyway. We know this. Subjects are different. We're taking advantage of it all the time. First thing. Secondly, there's no way to do it anyway. So who gives a crap? Not me! Okay, so there's two reasons we don't test the, the we don't test this. One is that there's no error term with the correct mean error expected values in the square. And secondly, it's not interesting anyway. And you might say, Well, Dave, you have no right to tell me what's interesting. Well, in this case, I think we can all agree that. Yeah, they're different people. Look at them. So. Okay. Diversity is what makes a special man. I thought I had something there I was going to do a whole thing. It really turned out partway through before saying man, I realized I had nothing. Okay. Questions about that? Do you understand the whole notion of how these things work? Pretty straightforward, aren't it? Now, repeated measures designs are actually a special case of a design called a randomized block. Just like matched pairs, or the matched pairs t-test, or the correlated t-test, the one where you have before and after scores, and maybe you matched up subjects on some variable, or ideally it's the same subjects. Well, using the same subjects is actually a special case of using matched pairs. It's same idea here. Except this time we're going to have matched pairs. We're going to have matched blocks of people. So here's a block of four people. And oh, look, that's four. That's good. There's a block of four people and a block of four people. You all sit in fours. It's very, very strange. OK? Good. They're usually matched on the dependent variable. Right? Okay, You're usually going to match on the dependent variable. Remember, I talked last time. I think with the matched pairs t test, I think I used blood pressure or something, and that's what we were testing. So we're going to do the same thing with repeated ANOVA. We're going to think of the repeated measures ANOVA as a special case of what's called a randomized block design. So, what we need in this case is something. We have an assumption called homogeneity of experimental units. All that means is within each block, you're the same on one important variable. You're not the same person. We know that. Okay? So just a little, look, we match them up on, let's say it was blood pressure. You have all the same blood pressure. So it's you're homogeneous on, on the thing we matched on. That's really all you're doing there. There's ways you can do this, mates if you want to make them completely the same so they're genetically the same, twins, triplets, octos, that octomom, matched pairs, all that stuff, or matched blocks. Right? There's so a lot of ways we can accomplish this. We can also just measure the dependent variable we're interested in. Or we could measure something else, something called a nuisance variable. Something that might get in the way, but something we can measure. Something that will affect our results, but we we can measure what happened. Okay. So what we're gonna do is call we're gonna block on a variable. This is what we're gonna call it a nuisance variable. Because it gets in the way, it's a nuisance. It was such a nuisance. something gets in the way. This is going to reduce error, right? Which just gives us greater power. Yes, I know before I said there was no error. That's in the special case, when it's the same person. The structural model is very similar here. I talked about it repeatedly, you're saying Dave, one's the special case, and one's the general case. Why you talk about the special case first? Because it's easier to understand this was a statistics class and not a class where we're using this as a tool, it was actually just, you know, it's a psych class, not a stats class. Um, I would go the other way. Also, I'd have to do proofs, and I'd be screwed. By the way, we just changed the name of this course. Next year, it will be called Advanced Univariate Statistics.
1: I saw that
0: on my page notes. They didn't know I signed up for that class. Yeah, we've changed the name. Senate voted on it. I proposed it. Because the name design and analysis, it's, it's, it's like we're trying to trick you. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: makes grad school applications so much more difficult when they want you to have two stats classes.
0: Yeah, now it says that you have two stats classes: introductory to, to, to statistics and advanced intermediate statistics. They look at uh, design and analysis. What idiot, Laurentian, thought that? Of? What marketing genius thought that? Of? You know, it's, it's like we'll give it a name, dude. We'll we'll trick them into taking more stats. You have to take it anyway. We could have called it. Throwing things at your head. It's a required course. It
1: you have to take
0: it anyway. <laughs> throwing hammers at people's heads. Giving them little cuts and dipping their hand in like rubbing that. alcohol. I mean, it doesn't matter. You have to take the class. That was weird. Sorry, that was a little bit <laughs> weird. <laughs> <laughs>
1: rubbing alcohol. That's not going to happen, is it? No. Okay. no I had
0: there's, there's academic freedom, then there's things that get you fired no matter if you're tenured or not. So say everybody, cut your hands and start putting them in now for 20% of your final grade. Yeah, it becomes a fear factor. Next, eat these eyes.
1: <laughs>
0: Joe Rogan shows up yelling about conspiracy theories and mixed martial arts. Here's the structural model X equals. New, oh, boy, that's weird. Wouldn't we just see that? Yeah, we did. That's the original structural model when we don't have the special case where we have to put the interaction in, okay? Any score is the grand mean plus the treatment effect plus the block effect. That's you guys are one block, you guys are one block, and you guys are one block. You're all. We've measured something. You're all the same on something we can measure, and that's residual or error. Uh, the terms residual and error in statistics can be used interchangeably. Residual means leftover. It's almost a little more accurate, because error makes it sound like it's a mistake. Residual is like it's leftover stuff, we don't know what it, where it comes from. All right. Here are the assumptions, by the way. The ex- this is a, Some of these assumptions are exactly what you're used to. Some of the treatment effects equals zero. That has always been the case. And it always shall be. The effect of blocks is normally distributed and independent with a mean of zero and a variance of sigma squared sub pi. We just have to give it a name. Error is normally distributed and independent with a mean of zero and a variance of sigma squared sub epsilon. Again, we just give it a name. It has a variance, is all These are random. No, these are random, eh? This isn't. This is a random effect. The blocks are random effects. The treatments aren't. They're fixed effects. Okay? All right. So. Error. Is independent of pi. So the effect of error, the stuff we can't measure, is independent. Doesn't matter what group you're in, I can't predict your individual differences basically. Not group, what block you're in. Doesn't matter what block you're in. Okay? March outside. start to get pissed off. And I don't complain about the weather typically. I just, you know, put your head down and walk. But March the 4th, man. Minus 18 this morning. It's March the 4th. Remember back when we didn't know the words polar vortex went together? <laughs> it was a great time. It was a time of innocence. And then this happened in a pissy mood about it. Not I can do about it, so I was always in a pissy mood, I guess, but. Just annoying. And I like the winter, for Christ's sakes. Not this much! We're never gonna have some. It's gonna be it's like freaking game of freaking vortexes.
1: <laughs>
0: Alright, there's no interactions. There's also no tau pi interactions. So. We've had before there are no interactions between treatment levels and individual blocks that's a pretty big assumption actually and that's something it says no tau pi interactions but in that model here's the model up here. the term is needed here so we can't measure that what's going to happen if there's a tau pi interaction well the only place you can go is here it's going to make error bigger. Not a problem. that's that's a bad thing. Happily, the only thing it's gonna do is make us not find an effect. It's not gonna make us find effects that aren't there. Because it's gonna make it's gonna mask effects that might be there. So you're gonna get type two errors and type one errors. You're not gonna say stuff is there that isn't there. It's gonna decrease the power of your test, though. You don't want that. What do we do if there's an interaction? If there's an interaction. Uh as I said, epsilon will increase because it's the only place it can go. So you lose power. It's the only place it can go. Um, so how do we deal with this? Don't have interactions. <laughs> oh, good. We can't measure them, and you tell me not to have them. That's right. So I said. I know it sucks. How are we going to find out if there's an interaction? Here's an example. Okay. I don't know what these are. Uh, oh yeah, teaching methods, that's right. So we have three teaching methods. Okay. We have uh, standard lecture format. We have uh, going at twice as fast like in the, in, the, uh, in the spring. And we have, and we all know this, something worse than Hitler. The proposed block plan that was voted down
1: because it
0: was worse than Hitler. Because people are afraid of data and just say stuff. My term would be over already. Top three classes?
1: No, no, I don't like
0: it. It scares me. It's change. It change anyway. Let's anyway. say it's teaching a language, right? People worried about that because they worry about everything, and we're told all kinds of lies, but. People worry about, about language learning. They said, you can't learn a language in three weeks. And people that taught languages said, yeah, the point of taking intro French isn't you're fluent after a term. Idiot. But no one listened. Anyway, language learning would be somewhere where previous experience matters. How many here did French immersion in school? So we got a few of you guys. How many people here did uh, French only to grade 12 but not immersion? Okay, so a few of you guys. How many people here stopped taking French as soon as it was possible to stop taking French? There's a lot of you guys as well. Okay. Wouldn't you think that previous experience with French would have a huge effect? Yes, obviously. On how you do in an intro French class? Hell yes. So we should block it together. So we would have one block here. This just has low experience. That would be the people that said, when they got to grade 9, or 10, is it grade 10 you can stop taking French? It's 9. It's 9? Okay. That's good. That's really smart, because you wouldn't want to have another language. Um, why would you want that? It allows you to watch sports in another language. It allows you to watch a Canadian's game and understand what's going on, and get mad at PJ stock in a whole other language. Um... That's this group here. This block. We find three people. We say they have upgraded. That's it. Then we have the group that are the people that went all the way through high school. People like Carly. There's a couple of the other guys. Sure. And then we got the group that would be probably we call them functionally bilingual, right? they did immersion, but they haven't done French university perhaps, and it takes some time to get a little rusty. But it would affect them differently. So this is the high experience group. So you see why we would do this kind of thing? It's a very sensible approach, and it is a nuisance variable. Why is it a nuisance? Why does it get in the way? Because previous experience with a language is going to affect how you score on a language test. It gets in the way. It's a nuisance variable. Let's block them. Now, you might look at this and say to yourself, uh, okay. First of all, what are we looking for? We're looking to see. We expect these to be different. That's why we blocked on them. Right? That's why we blocked on them. Of course. We expect at some point there to be a difference between the three teaching methods. And we see that. Right? On average it looks like yeah, it looks like I've made up these data. Sex the this method here, the evil. Evil, innovative, interesting approach is better. Okay, that's good. Um, but I should go back. But look at this. There is a problem here. I said no interactions. There's an interaction there. It looks like it looks like with the low experience group. Just a straight going up, that's good. And it looks here like the medium experience group have the biggest help from using, no, I guess not. These guys, both these two groups here have nice big amounts of uh, goes up with with the block approach. The interesting thing here in these data I made up is that the twice as fast approach in the summer actually drops the scores for the high experience group and then they go back up. There's an interaction there. Now. Is that enough of an interaction to make it so you're not going to find the effect? I don't know. If you don't find the effect, you can look and go, ah oh, shit. It might be because I violated the assumption of independence of blocks and treatments. But you don't know that. If you find the effect, it doesn't matter. You go, okay, fine, no problem. Because all this did, this interaction did, was make error bigger. So it make it harder to find uh, an effect of treatments. So that's fine. That's fine. All I did is made it more difficult. But if you don't find it, it might be because of the interaction. Might be because of the interaction. In that case, did the experiment again, which in this case would be very probably expensive because you have to run three different classes again, things like that. So you'd be very careful using these kind of designs. This probably wouldn't be an issue. It's too small an interaction to really matter. You start seeing lines crossing disorderly interactions, I'd be worried. Excuse me. Hey, we could have more than one repeated variable. Why not? Sure, why not? We could have two kinds of, uh, we have three retention intervals five minutes, one hour, 24 hours, and we could have two kinds of memory tests an implicit test and an explicit test. An implicit test is like word fragment completion, explicit test recalling a list of words. We could do both. Nice, it wouldn't be that bad. In fact, that's a pretty common way to do a memory experiment. I got a publication using that design. Yeah, a little more complicated than that, but it's using this kind of reproduction. So what would the model be here? The x equals mu plus alpha plus beta plus alpha beta plus pi plus alpha pi, plus beta pi, plus alpha beta pi, which sounds like the name of some sorority in a bad mood. Yeah. I am so glad we have returned to sororities here. I'm so, so glad. <laughs> Let's pay for our friends.
1: <laughs>
0: Not a fan All right. So, this model, because we got the pi, which is people, right? It's funny, even though the randomized block is the general approach and the repeated measures is the special case, the special case is, shows up way more in the literature than the, the general one. It just does. So, there's a lot of terms here that could be error terms. Remember, whenever we had an error term before, it was something that had pi in it, something with a, with a subject effect. Well, look. There's a potential error term. There's a potential error term. And there's a potential error term. Huh. How do we know what to test with what? How do we know to divide... What do we divide mean squared for A by? What do we divide mean squared for B by? It's like I'm from Newfoundland. What do we divide mean squared for AB by? Yes, by Mark, Sweet, and Jesus, my son. Right? Keel probably does that in classic, right? And he says, yes, bye, anymore. All right. Good question. There's actually a neat way to do this. <clears throat> so. Subjects, for attentional subjects for retention Memory. Memory by subjects, memory by attentional, memory by subject by retention. We're assuming n equals ten here. In other words, we're assuming there are ten subjects in total in quote group one. The first thing I did is I list the subjects. That's the subjects. Then I said, well, I can't list some. So I'll list something else. The next repeated measures variable, or the first repeated measures variable, I'm sorry, retention interval. Then I go this times this, and I get that. Can I do this times this? Well, of course not. Retention interval by retention interval interaction? That'd be crazy. So now I list memory. Memory by subjects, memory by retention interval, memory by subjects by retention interval. Done. Degrees of freedom, pretty easy. We have 10 subjects, I just said we had 10. So 9 degrees of freedom, 2 for retention interval. Why? Because we have 3 levels of retention 9 times 2 is 18. 1, two kinds of memory. 9. OK. And then 2 here, 1 times 2. 9 times 2, well, and then 9 times 2 times 1 is 18. Add them up. 11, 29, 30, 39, 40, 41, 59. We have 60 observations. We test. How do I know what to test with what? I take a look at the retention interval, and I look for the thing below it, because I did it in that order I was telling you about Look the things below it that has subjects in it and the thing we're interested in. So we're going to test mean squared retention. We're going to divide by mean squared for subjects by retention interval. Same thing for here. That's why I've got this call here, test. Memory with memory by subjects. Memory by, by retention interval with memory by subjects by retention interval. That's something that's actually, it's a neat property, as long as you follow that rule, so you list the subjects first, and then you list the first variable you're interested in, the first repeated measures variable, and then you cross them, then you do the next one, cross, 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 the next one, cross, 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 cross. You can do this forever. And you'd never make a mistake. It's called Gates' Order. It was discovered, something a little property discovered by Frank Gates.
1: This is me, and I I love you, this is me